Welcome to Starting Small, an anti-racist book chat. This is Carrie, And this is Daphne. We are two friends who have come together over books and coffee more times than I can count. We've been in a book club together for a handful of years, but this one is a little bit different. We focus on books that have been part of our journey through advocacy and anti-racism. Thank you for joining us in the journey to change the world by starting small. Hi, in this episode, we will be discussing a more recent uh, young adult read called Dear Martin by Nick Stone. Daphne, you read this one a while ago, right? Yeah, actually, I picked this book up along with a bunch of my colleagues at the high school I teach at. Um, It was a staff book club read. Um, It was really interesting to share with like other teachers. Our counseling staff was all involved and our library media specialist, she like sets up all of these books for us. So we've read a bunch kind of all together. Um, I can't wait to discuss it with a non-educator. I know. And actually I had a friend of mine comment that her daughter, who I think is about my son's age, read it for um, an English class last year, but it was her oh, free read pick. Nice. Okay. So I was really Ooh, glad to see. Yeah. Right I'm really glad they're implementing yeah. these books into like, not just the great novels that yes. we read and that sort of thing. For sure. So what's new? What's been up with you? Oh, let's see. We are in the thick of cross country. Okay. Um, One thing that was very special this week is we had, Will had his first high school band concert because last year was all virtual and they didn't really do any like YouTube mashup or anything like that. So I went on Wednesday, he um, is playing percussion and it was beautiful. They had the, the orchestra and then they had the choir and then they had the band and then everyone came together to sing or to perform that song blinding by the lights the weekend oh, from yes. the super bowl the yeah. last super bowl so that was kind of emotional that video was awesome i saw that i think a few different people had shared it yes. in town and i was like i just love it i, I know love it so it much i so... band i know <laughs> i've I never know. said that i missed band I don't think, but that was, yeah. It was it. really neat. Really and I, I, then we had conferences last night and I sat down with the band teacher and I told her that this whole year and a half of us, like barely, you know, doing anything, not really seeing anyone kind of made everything feel worth it to see the kids mm-hmm. in school on stage together, performing some really wonderful That's so music. Great. So uh, how about you? Um, Well, speaking of conferences, I spent the last two days um, working 12-hour days because that's what happens when you parent-teacher conferences. You teach all day and then (laughs) chat with parents for hours after school. But that meant I got today off. So that is cool. I mommed it up, did all my PTA mom stuff this afternoon. Um, So, yeah, school has kind of taken over my life. Mm -hmm. My, like, book reading time has been impacted dramatically. (laughs) Par for the course, yeah, right? Standard, yeah. <laughs> September and October are usually pretty rough for me, and then yeah. I can like get my feet under me and and make some progress get into the groove. Yeah, but yeah, just been working. I feel like mm-hmm. for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I had my day off today. I went to a coffee shop in town nice. that just reopened. Got Aww. myself a delicious pumpkin pie latte. Yeah. I don't care how basic that is. Yuck. It was delicious. <laughs> Yuck. Um, <laughs> and just like spend some time just hanging out. It was kind of nice. nice. Yeah. To be slow for a day. Like a, like a day to yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I still did all the things, but 
I, it was like my choice. Yeah. And so that, like, I kind of needed that kind of a day. That's nice. Almost like a mental health day, is, yeah. if you will. Pretty much. You reading anything new yet? Um, I am. I'm not. So <laughs> I'm going to live vicariously sure. you. So I'm actually finishing up our book club read. Yes. Um, the Vanishing Half. So last week I read The Vanishing Point. Yeah, that was confusing. That to be confused with The Vanishing Half. Two very different um, <laughs> things. Um, um, anyway, so I my, my church book club meets on Monday, and we're also reading that. And oh, I had picked okay. it coincidentally for this month, too. Nice. So um, I'm going to get that finished up. And then, I don't know, I got like 10 books in the mail from Barnes & Noble with a gift card. So I have <laughs> lots to read. How, how about you? Uh, yeah, so not reading anything right now because, you know... Um, yeah, nothing really new for me. I am picking up our next, well, I, I just got, last time we talked, I just got our November book club book. And that is my plan for this evening is to Start dive that into that one. I'm kind of excited for it. The librarian, it's so weird. The librarian told me that it was, that the author is hilarious. So What's I'm the gonna, book? I don't even. Oh my gosh, now I have to look it up. Uh, it's something like broken in the, mo in the hold on, in the most... Um, I can hilarious way or okay. something way, but yeah, the in the best possible way by Jenny Lawson, um, the oh. librarian. She was so cute. Like this, I don't know. She's you know probably in like her fifties, and she's like, "This is going to be hilarious." And yes. Like okay. That are you familiar author? with that? Author? No. Oh my gosh, she had a the bloggest. She was a podcaster oh. or um, a blogger. I don't know if she still has it around, but it's the bloggest, and she's hilarious and i used to like gotcha. subscribe and get like a daily post Fun. from her um one thing that's really interesting about her is she has come out with a very severe mental mental illness journey that she oh, was on a few years ago and i think that's what this book is actually about okay um and so she, i wonder if it really will be hilarious it is because she, okay. she puts the humor in everything okay. and that's kind of her writing style Good. Um, well, then that should be a fast read yes, for me. Yes. I And I think I've actually already read that. I'll have to go that's back and check out. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So that's how I plan to spend my evening. Nice. <laughs> it's a nice, cozy fall day. Yeah, I know. I think I have my, a good book. <laughs> might finally turn on a fireplace for no reason other than I can. I think I might actually turn our heat on. Oh. I have had yeah. the windows open for Welcome several days. Welcome to Wisconsin, and friends. <laughs> now I'm freezing. So... For sure. Oh, well, let's take a quick book uh, break before we break. Let's take a quick break before we break down this book. Yeah, that was a lot of words. <laughs> there you go. All right. Here is the synopsis of our book. This is uh, from the Amazon website. Justice McAllister is at the top of his class and set for the Ivy League, but none of that matters to the police officer who just put him in handcuffs. And despite leaving his rough neighborhood behind, he cannot escape the scorn of his former peers or the ridicule of his new classmates. Justice looks to the teachings of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for answers. But do they hold up anymore? He starts a journal to Dr. King to find out. Then comes the day Justice goes driving with his best friend, Manny. Windows rolled down, music turned up, way up, sparking the fury of a white off-duty cop beside them. Words fly, shots are fired, Justice and Manny are caught in the crosshairs. In the media fallout, it's Justice who's under attack. Daphne, what did you think of this book? 
Um, well, having sat with it um, and or sat and, and chatted about it with colleagues, mm-hmm. it like the first, I think, impression for all of us was, holy crap, this could be any of our students, right? Like it could be any of them. Mm-hmm. We don't teach in like a super urban area, but we're also not in a suburban area. So right. this could like 30% of our school is African-American students mm-hmm. um, and like another 30% are um, students of Latin American mm-hmm. heritage. So this could literally be a huge chunk of our students mm-hmm. at any time who could, you know, like, I liked this description. I always look for like a few different ones, but this one to me really kind of got to like the, that driving force behind this incident. It was, they weren't necessarily doing anything wrong, right. but it was enough to grab somebody's attention that wouldn't have gotten any mm-hmm. attention if they were anyone else. So that's something that I always kind of carry with me from this book is that the way that my students might be perceived out in the world really impacts how their lives mm-hmm. go from that, how yeah. they flow for after that. And yeah, so that has always, it's, it's carried it's with right me. Yeah. Um, and recently, I actually read the sequel, which I yeah. love. Okay. Loved it. I'll be getting that. Yeah. For That's sure. called Dear Justice. Dear Justice. Okay. Because there's another student who ends up writing to Justice the way that Justice wrote to writes to Dr. Dr. King. Okay. Oh, I'll have to get that one. Um, you know, and kind of along those same lines. So now my son is in high school, and we are in a pretty, you know, diverse city mm-hmm. right outside of Milwaukee. And... I think about, you know, these kids in this book are his age. Mm-hmm. Um, could he be in the wrong place at the wrong time and get caught in the crosshairs just as easily? You know, so it's a little, yeah, it's, it's a little nerve wracking. And those are the kind of scenarios that I do think about where I'm like, I should just move home because yeah, it's, you know. But then I'm not going to ever do that because I don't want to run from anything either. Right, because that I does think, feel like the easy way out. Yep. But does that create something else? Exactly. Exactly. I would much rather try to do the work here to combat this than than escaping from it, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it is. Oh, my gosh. It's a very heartbreaking story, but powerful. Yeah. At the same time. For sure. So as we mentioned, and as the title alludes to, Justice is writing letters to Martin in his journal. He just writes, Dear Martin, Mm -hmm. like they're best friends, you know, (laughs) like they've known each other for a long time, but it's, it's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. It's not like his buddy, Um, which that always kind of threw me the way that that he talked to him in his journal. I I was like, it is like they know each other. Right. Like that's how he's writing. It's very like familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does this to like make sense of his feelings right. over what he calls the incident. Um, and it, it kind of stems from him realizing that his good character does not make him exempt from the stuff those black guys, mm-hmm. his words, deal with. Did you like that journal style? What did you think of that? I thought it was um, just very insightful even i mean to kind of get into the mind of a young man who's faced with adversity and racism and horrible things that he's been dealing with 
Um, and then to hear, you know, to read his thoughts put on paper and you can tell this is a safe space for him. So he's yeah. really just pouring it all out there. Yes. Um, I like those. And I often struggle when I'm reading a book and there's like someone has written like mm -hmm. a letter writing in it. I don't know why I have never been able, like I always get <laughs> to kind of skim through that for some reason, which is dumb, but I really, I mean, that was the big part of the story mm -hmm. and it was, um, yeah. I, I really like, I mean, liked it. I don't want to say because it's not very nice. Things, right. It's but not a it's, likable content. Right. But... but it was helpful. And I, yeah. I thought it was great Yeah, that he could just, you know, pour it all out. I agree. I felt like the writing, even though this book is written by a woman, mm -hmm. um, I felt like the journal entries sounded like exactly. teenagers. Yep. I mean, he's a well-spoken teenager, mm -hmm. you know, he's going to a private school. So it, it's not written in like text speak right. or anything like that, but it sounded, it, it sounded genuine. Mm -hmm. It sounded possible that those could be the words coming out of a 15, 16 year old mm -hmm. kid. Um, I get to spend all day with us. Right. Um, that is probably what is actually going yeah. on just under the surface. They'll mm -hmm. never tell me that they'll never show their peers that, but given an opportunity to like, like this to mm -hmm. journal and, and get some of that stuff out, it's kind of, kind of awesome. And then the, the whole idea, I guess, kind of struck me as weird, but the more I thought about it, like the idea of him journaling and writing to a, a, a figure, right. you know, seemed kind of odd to me. But the, the more I thought about it, it had to have just been like cathartic right. to just like yeah. dump all that out. And and there is a man he's writing to who was, you know, the pillar of trying to make the change, trying to get, you know, get everything yeah. started as far as you know, let's end segregation you know, let's, you know, equal rights and, 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 and racism and you know that's you know like his idol in in a sense yeah. and someone he respects deeply and he if, if he were still alive and he they could meet he would absolutely they would be totally like best friends you know yeah. i know at first i was like does he think that he's like martin luther king Jr.? like why is mm -hmm. this but yeah i think you're right i think it's that mentor piece or mm -hmm. like just someone to to talk to yes who, understand maybe where you're coming from mm -hmm. because and we'll get into it i think in a little bit but like justice isn't going to tell his mom all about right. you know what he feels and what's going on um you know and some of his friends are more you know disengaged right you know because he's got his, his mm -hmm. private school friends who don't really get right what he might be experiencing or feeling or whatever so you can't really talk to them he's got his friends from the neighborhood who do not go to his mm -hmm. private school who you know, probably think that he's kind of an elitist. You know, mm -hmm. you think you're so smart. You go to this special school. So he probably didn't have a lot of options. Right. Right. So that <laughs> adds a layer too, because it's like, he almost feels, you know, he's not accepted really fully yeah. by the people in his neighborhood because he's kind of like the sellout. If you, you know, mm -hmm. quote unquote, because he's going to this very, you know, really nice private school. Mm -hmm. And from there he's going, you know, been accepted into an Ivy yeah. League school yeah. and um most of the students at his school are very well off and um not of color either so right. he's almost kind of like in this middle place where he doesn't feel 100 percent comfortable yeah on either side so you're right that's exactly 
he's he, that's where he can go. Yeah, I think it was the only mm-hmm. place he could really go. Doc, who is Justice and Manny's debate teacher, puts the words, all men are created equal on the board. Those words carry a lot of meaning between their historical context and now. It was challenging to imagine how the boys in the story must read and interpret that statement. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that we kind of take this one for granted. Yeah. You know, we say, oh, men are created yeah. equal, or like we read it and, you know, we hope it, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of a pie in the sky idea. Mm-hmm. But to to have him put that up on the board um, kind of made me think about what if I was in somebody else's shoes? Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually recently had an argument with my own dad about um, u- using the word guys. Mm. Um, cause on survivor, which is a show that we both watch, he thought it was ridiculous that they stopped saying it. And I said, because that word's never excluded you. Right. Did you ever think about the mm-hmm. people that it does me, for example, like right. you don't have to make it this big nebulous thing. And I think the same thing is kind of true here. All men are created equal. We kind of forget. Right. Like I, I can say till I'm blue in the face, like, well, I'm not men. Right. But we also know that the people who wrote that sure didn't think it Mm -hmm. the way that we're trying to interpret it now. Right. I don't know. That one seemed, that one struck me. Yeah, I agree. Um, And the way that I look at it too is like when we were kids and we were learning about racism and that sort of thing, that was kind of the theory back then is that all men meant every person. Yeah. Humankind. Humankind. Mankind. Yeah. And we were, we are all created equal and, you know, don't see color mm-hmm. and make us all, um, we're all, the, we're all the same. We all yeah. bleed red as they say. Yes. And I am never sure that I, I like that because it's like, sure. At the very root of it. Sure. However, but right, our experiences create who, who we, we are, are. Yep. And, and how we interpret right. the world and how we perceive yep. the world and how we exist in the world. And so it's almost a cop-out statement now because, yeah. I mean, I think it pro- it was then too, but we didn't know it. We sure. were trying, you know, it was like learning from past mistakes and now we're here again learning and growing yeah. from what we were taught previously because it wasn't an accurate description. Right. So... Talking about Doc, Doc, not only mm-hmm. as their teacher, but he also ends up playing kind of like the moral compass yeah. for everybody. Like he's he's the one who's kind of directing mm-hmm. how they should feel or think, um, not necessarily telling them mm-hmm. what to think or feel, but really pointing them towards maybe a bigger picture. But Justice's mom does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of his letters to Martin, Justice recalls a conversation he had with his mother. She asks him, you ever consider that maybe you're not supposed to fit? Mm-hmm. People who make history rarely do. What do you think about yeah. that? <laughs> I, I I really think that's a powerful statement. And I think she's, she's on to something. And I kind of feel personally like I get that because I'm from this little tiny town where now I've been gone too long and I'm in this bigger, you know, urbanized, diverse area. So I don't back there necessarily, but I'm still the small town girl who's in the, you know, so from that perspective, I can kind of understand what she's saying. And same like thing we were saying earlier, he is in this middle ground where he doesn't fit in with the neighborhood because he's at this very elite 
private school, but he doesn't necessarily fit in at the elite private school because he's from the hood. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. For and sure. so I think what she is saying is, um, you're not meant to fit You're you're unique. You're so special. You're, we can't put you in one yeah. place. One and, thing. And let's take the thing or mm -hmm. things that make you mm -hmm. different in either of these settings and capitalize on exactly those. like you're not supposed to just be like everyone else. Mm -hmm. I chuckled when I read this because um, my my sister-in-law got me a mug for Christmas a couple years back that said uh, well-behaved women seldom make history. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of really like it. But it kind of reminds me of this yeah. in that like you don't need to just be what everyone else is. Right. You don't need to be like the guys in the hood mm -hmm. because we've we've seen their experiences mm -hmm. and, and the, that comes up in the book. Like mm -hmm. they talk about some people who are no longer there and right. for various reasons. Um, and she doesn't want him to become like them. So she's worked her, her tail off to get him into this private school. Well, you're not really like them either because right. you're not that elitist jerk right. who only sees their side of things, you know? So yeah, I think that that probably carries a lot more meaning mm -hmm. than even justice maybe even realized. Right. I mean, clearly it stuck because he, he wrote about it. Right to Martin, but I feel like that is something that kind of he grows into. Mm -hmm. And again, having read the sequel, right. um, he totally does. Okay. And it's awesome. Okay. <laughs> I am excited to read that one. All right. Too. Do you want to take a quick break and then we can wrap this up? We sure. got a little more to talk about. Sure. Cool. <laughs> All right. We're on. All right. Another character, Quan sort of said a lot of things that I think are probably on the minds of many young black men. At one point he said, why try to do it right if people will always look at me and assume wrong, which I think plays a big role in some of the actions that we see. Yeah. So this, oh, that quote just crushes mm -hmm. me. I feel like I have this conversation a thousand times a day. Yeah. Why do I have to follow this rule? You're just going to be mad at me anyway. And I honestly don't think it's just black men. I'm, right. I think it's a lot of just young men in general yeah. feel like the world is out to get them. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't, I should even reframe that, re rephrase that. I think it's a lot of teenagers. Yeah. Cause they have this weird, like world still revolves around them. So when you, you know, reprimand somebody you're like, Oh, it's cause you hate me. I don't, I'm not thinking about you like right. that. I just want you to do the right things, mm -hmm. but I could definitely see how, how definitely young black men right. might might interpret that to be like you're just gonna you're just gonna you know arrest me or yell at me or whatever right. well and if you think about the scenario in the beginning of the story when justice is actually mm -hmm. false you know arrested for mistaken yeah uh, you know whatever mistakenly arrested um that hold this holds a lot of weight yeah you know he was doing nothing wrong it, it essentially no, proves it exactly exactly and that's just one um you know one instance to 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 prove this statement and it's interesting because justice kind of takes that to mean one thing like mm -hmm. well then i have to keep my nose extra clean right and i'm gonna have to work extra hard and i'm gonna prove that i'm not that guy mm -hmm. but i if i remember correctly 
at the point when Quan says this, he's kind of contemplating like, it doesn't even matter. I might as well make whatever choices they think I'm going to make. Right. Because it doesn't matter anymore. That was really, that was exactly how it felt. Yeah. And it's depressing to think that we probably have an entire generation of probably young men for sure Mm -hmm. who do kind of view that the world's out to get them. Mm -hmm. It is. It's really sad. And you, you know, so that's, it's a bigger, it's, that's an even bigger picture that we need to take a look at. And how do we, um, you know, how do we go about teaching young men that no, not everyone is out to get you and, you know, having safe spaces for them to feel comfortable. You don't have to just go to your diary and write. There are adults that are definitely here to help you succeed and want the best for you. And also that it's perfectly okay to be mad or sad or frustrated or all of those things. Feel your feelings. Yeah. It sure doesn't hurt. Yeah. That was a big one. It really was. So we talked just before we started recording here that this book has so many parallels Mm -hmm. to The Hate You Give. And it's aimed towards the same audiences. And I kind of love that. Yeah. To me, it's like another resource. Yeah. Along the same demographic. And the central character is a young man. These books both give us a glimpse into a perspective that the characters and the authors of these books share, but we don't Yeah, necessarily. We're not experiencing the same things. And I wonder, I haven't read any interviews with Nick Stone to know, but I wonder how much of this she, you know, based on people she She knew growing up. Yeah. We should look into that because that would be, um, it's, that's good to know because you always think about these books that they write, there's some experience behind it that Mm -hmm. gave them, you know, probably a personal one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And both written by Mm -hmm. African-American authors, not authors who are trying to tell a story they've never, they've never lived. Yeah. It's, it's exactly one that they know. Yeah. Yeah. Way more than we ever will. And, you know, the sooner I think younger people are exposed to the perspectives and experiences of others, the better. I mean, I, Feel like it took me almost 40 years to really and not that I ever was completely the opposite of how I am now I, you know anyway yeah. it just took me a long time a lot longer than I hope for the the younger generation now than to realize that there is a lot more out there yeah because even if we don't want to think about it mm-hmm. the teenagers our teenage children can start changing the world yep by starting small thanks for joining us for our book chat if you enjoyed this episode be sure to find us on social media and recommend us to your friends we hope you'll continue to join us in the journey to change the world by starting small